Welcome to the Making Real Sense with Willie G. Davis Jr. podcast. This podcast is my very own passion project filled with unique and engaging content. My goal is to be impactful and promote solutions to some of the most critical issues we face through the power of active citizen engagement. I believe that everyday people can shape and mold a society where everyone can achieve success. We all are ready for something better. The goal is to mobilize people from all over to work towards a better and just world. Albert Einstein once said, We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Therefore, we must change our thinking patterns and become more creative. We must move to seeing things in terms of what could be, and not what is. It is what it is doesn't have to be always true. Hopefully, you will subscribe to this podcast and join our community of activists and allies working together and making real sense of the issues and problems we face. It's time for some creative thinking. at the Capitol on January the 6th. He blamed Trump. A few days later, he got on a plane, went down to Mar-a-Lago, and was just thought, and what people said, he was kissing Trump's ring. Uh, and he did that. And then, let's talk about this January 6th committee. Kevin McCarthy and a lot of other Republicans say, oh, it's a partisan issue. It's a partisan issue. It's just Democrat, Democrat. Well, it was the United States Senate that voted to not have a bipartisan committee, and Republicans did that. And Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader, took the Republicans that were on the committee out. So you can't vote no for a bipartisan commission to study the events of January the 6th. You can't remove your members and then get the right to say it's partisan, partisan, partisan. So that's part of the lie. Here's the other lie. McCarthy said he's he's laying out what his agenda would be. That if he was to be speaker, that we're going to do this for the American people. Just That's what we're going to do. Problem is, you certainly cannot trust Kevin McCarthy. You know, he lies. He is... Trump, he, he lies, and he lies for anything to be speaker. So here's the question. Here's the question. In 2017, when Trump was president, and both houses of Congress, the Senate and the House of Representatives, were both controlled by Republicans. So in effect, that means that when Trump was sworn in, that gave Republicans totally control of the federal government. And that's the first time that had happened since, uh, mm, I think it was in 2005 when George W. Bush was elected. So now you got a situation where the president is a Republican, the House is a Republican, the Senate is Republican. And what happened, or what did they do for the American people? Hmm, think about it. Absolutely nothing. They did nothing for the American people. 
So you got a Republican president, Republican House, Republican Senate. But you get nothing done for the American people. What was the first thing that the Senate tried to do? Let's repeal oh, Obamacare. Let's get rid of that. That's the first thing that Mitch McConnell had on his agenda. That he wanted to repeal the American Affordability Act. Now the problem is that Republicans were saying that we're not trying to repeal, we're trying to replace. They got the White House, they got the Senate, they got the House of Representatives. What happened to the replacement? Why didn't they get anything done? They had control, but they failed in trying to repeal it because you did have some strong Republican, John McCain, who said no. No, I'm, I'm not going to support this. So whatever happened to the replace plan that would provide health care for a million of people that the Republicans said they would do? They didn't do it. And if they didn't do that for you, why are you going to trust them what they're going to do now? What else did they do? When they controlled the main thing that they did was you remember that when President Obama nominated Marlon Garrett to be Supreme Court Justice that was like in I think March nine months before a new president would come in and Mitch McConnell said we don't have enough time nine months that's what he said there's not enough time then you remember all of the issues as it relates to the uh, filibuster that Republicans are saying uh, we don't we, we, we need to not eliminate the filibuster we need to keep it in place that's what they say today when they're in the minority but when Mitch McConnell was the majority leader, that in within the first few months of Trump presidency, he invoked what we call the nuclear option. To and basically what that did, that just got rid of the filibuster when it came to Supreme Court nominees. I think that that was April 6, 2017. Got rid of the filibuster dealing with Supreme Court nominees. The very next day, the Senate confirmed Neil Gorsuch to be a member of the Supreme Court. They got rid of the filibus because they know they didn't have the votes, and then the next day, they confirmed him. But since I'm talking about the Supreme, about them, let's, let's, let's stay on that, uh, on that court. Then, later, the next year, this, the U.S. Senate approved the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to be a justice on the Supreme Court with the non-existence now filibuster. Then, the most shocking and surprise one was Amy on it, Barrett, 
who was nominated by Trump April 26, 2020, and she was confirmed October 26, 2020. That's 30 days. But you remember Mick McConnell, the majority leader, who said in 2016, nine months was not enough time to consider a nominee, but it was okay once you end the filibuster and you had a Republican president, and it took just 30 days. So you get rid of the filibuster, you don't need a majority uh, filibuster-proof vote, you just need 51, so you get 51. So you put three people on it, and what happens when you put those three people on it? Oh, wow. Roe v. Wade is overturned. Thanks to those three justices that Mitch McConnell made sure that they were on the court. And if you don't think this election is important, you better think about that. The Supreme Court, for the first time, took a right that it had provided away, thanks to Mitch McConnell. That wouldn't have happened, probably, and I'm guessing, had President Obama nominee been considered and approved, that might have been one less vote. But, hey, it's a different story. It depends on who has the control. So that's what happened uh, with that. What is another thing that Republicans did when they had the House, the Senate, and the White House? They passed tax cuts. Now, tax cuts don't benefit everyday Americans. It benefits the rich. And it's based, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to call it economic history, because it's based on supply-side economics. And supply-side economic basically is that if you provide tax cut for those wealthy and business owners, that it will trickle down to those of us who don't get those tax breaks. That if you get those tax breaks, then those companies and those business will reinvest in their workers and the profit will trickle down to the everyday worker. That is the basis of supply-side economics. And the argument is that with, with the tax cut, then you have the regulatory things that you need to do, which the Republicans did do, and you have a monetary policy that benefits certain groups, and that happened. Now, here's the thing. If supply-side economics that was passed in 2018, and it says it takes a couple of years for it to be seen, then why are we in a, why do we have inflation? Because if Republicans were correct on what supply-size tax cuts would do, we should not be dealing with inflation. And since we're dealing 
with inflation. So the most part of that is what the tax cuts have done is added to the federal deficit. And that is a trigger for inflation. And I only say that with inflation because I think that's one of the main issues that will be in this election. Now, the thing is that Republicans blame President Biden and Democrats for inflation. But just the other day, when President Biden said he wants to take some action to try to address inflation and the price of gas, then Republicans screamed that, hey, that's a, you're just trying to make it political to benefit the Democrats. It doesn't benefit Democrats. It benefits everybody. So are Republicans saying that I would rather for people to suffer three or four more months than allow a potential political solution to an issue? Is that not playing politics? If the president says he's going to release additional gas to lower the price and Republicans saying that's a political issue, so he should not do it, so gas can stay high and that way you can blame the Democrats. Is that the plan that you want? Part of the problem is that when you get it this time of the year, you don't hear real solutions, especially for th from those who want to win the election. They rather for you to do absolutely nothing, sit down, do nothing, so it could be a benefit. And that, to me, just don't make sense. Because if this is election, and you want to deal with truth, you need to be taking care of we the people. You need to make sure that certain issues such as inflation is addressed and you deal with the economy on issues. What I have not heard recently is an idea from any Republicans to solve the problem of everyday people. Everything Republicans say is basically just anti-Biden. And that amazed me, too, because now they know everything about Biden. When Trump was in office and somebody asked about something that he said, they didn't know nothing. They just stuck together. Sort of reminds me of something President John F. Kennedy once said about the Republicans. He said that they're just like their mascot, the elephant. That they grab the tail of the elephant in front of them and go around in circles like they performing in a circus. That they get nothing done when all the walking is done, they're still in the same place. So they actually get nothing done. If you hate Democrats and you're gonna vote against Democrats just because, hey, that's your right, you can do that. No problem with that. If that's your rationale and that's your belief. But sometimes that state of mind you vote against your own real issues. You vote against something that may be beneficial to you. And I am, I am not one of those persons that say, hey, Republicans are bad. 
I think there are some good diehard Republicans and some that I respect. Uh, you know, Liz Cheney, I think she shows profiling and courage in what she has done and is doing. Even though she lost her seat, she's still standing up what she believes in. We may not agree politically on issues, but I respect somebody who has the right to stand up to do right. And Adam Kittleton, the same thing. They stand up for what they believe, and they are what you cons I would consider to be real Republicans. Republicans in a sense, and, you know, I, I think that there have been some great Republicans just president, I mean. First one pops out that we all may agree with is Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican, and I think and Abraham Lincoln is usually considered one of the top two presidents as far as being great. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt. I think Theodore Roosevelt was a progressive Republican uh, that, you know, st stand up uh, for what he believed in. And the re actually, let me, there's a little story about Theodore Roosevelt I'd like to share that Theodore Roosevelt, when he was in New York, when he was the governor of New York, he had been over uh, also police, and he just got rid of corruption. He was basically uh, just, Republicans didn't like him. The Republicans in New York did not like Theodore Roosevelt. He was considered to be very progressive. So they decided that they needed to get rid of Theodore Roosevelt. And the way to do that is, let's make him vice president of the United States. And if he's vice president, we get him on the ticket. We won't have to worry about it, and we can do whatever we want to do uh, in New York. So he ended up on the ticket. And we know the rest of that story, that the president was assassinated, and Theodore Roosevelt became president. And those Republicans in New York, like, wow, we can't get rid of this person. But I, I do think he was in the line of being a good uh, Republican president. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower. I think Dwight Eisenhower worked well with Lyndon Johnson when Lyndon Johnson was the majority leader to try to get things done. But back then, Republicans and Democrats would work together to try to get uh things done and that was in the best interest of the country. We don't have that today. We don't have those type of senators today. All we have is it, Republicans who want to bash uh, Democrats and they come up with what I would consider to be just the strangest issues. The one of that I keep seeing on all of most of the what we call advertisement for these candidates Democrats want to defund the police. Well, you know, you know that's a total untrue, but it's very hard to accept that rationale that when Republicans did not want to support law enforcement that were being attacked on January 6th, when they gave, well, at least putting themselves in danger to protect them, but you got an issue when you think Democrats want to defund the police. But you say nothing about your inability to do anything to protect those who protected you on January the 6th. So with that, let me, let me mention about some of these because there, uh, there are some important Senate races. And some of them I just want to talk.
talk about it. I wish this man Trump would go away, but he, you know, I've never known. And I love politics. I love the history of studying uh, politics, the presidency. But I have never known in history that a former president get is in the news as much as Trump is. So I want to talk about mm, what considered four Senate races that we ought to w watch. One is in Ohio. That's this candidate. J.D. Vance, he's a Republican candidate, and he's running against Tim Ryan in Ohio. Here's the thing about J.D. Vance. I, I mean, if I had not seen it myself, I probably would not have believed it. So Donald Trump was in Ohio, and he was doing a rally uh, for J.D. Vance. And... J.D. Vance had had some issues with Trump before, and you know if you you make Trump mad, he turned against you, so J.D. tried to get his endorsement. So Trump gets on the stage during his rally, and he says, and I quote what Donald Trump said, J.D. is kissing my ass. He wants my support, unquote. After he said that, J.D. Vance got on the stage and was hugging and clapping Donald Trump. JD is kissing my ass. He wants my support. Not only JD, most of the Republicans that are running, that's what they're doing. And they do it by supporting this election was stolen, that you still have candidates talking about that. So, you, I mean, how, how, people in Ohio, why would you want somebody like J.D. Vance to stand up for you when he couldn't stand up to Trump when a man looks at him and says, you're kissing my ass because you want my endorsement? Look at Tim Ryan. Another campaign to look at is in Wisconsin. And you have Madeline Bunn. Madeline Bunn is the current lieutenant governor. He's a Democrat. Ron Johnson, Ron Johnson is, he is one of those people who I say he lacked courage. When I say he lacked courage, he anything Trump says, he supports. And I think that it's time that if our democracy is going to get better, we're going to have to get rid of these weak lead, leaders who are more concerned about pleasing Donald Trump than they are about taking care of the American people. So, hey, that's Bonds in Wisconsin. Oh, and Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, you know, like watching him on TV. Uh, but something is wrong when you move to a state that you don't live in to try to run for the Senate. And he gets the nomination. So Dr. Oz is the candidate. And he is, again, sucking up to Trump. And when you suck up to Trump in these primaries, normally you win. Now, he's running against John Fetterman, who is the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. And, you know, Don, uh, Mr. Fetterman had a stroke. Uh, I think he's got better. He's, he's, he's out on the campaign trail. And while he's out then, Dr. Oz, Dr. Oz, wants to question his... Uh, whether he's physical, able, up to the job, and ask him to release his medical records. Now, 
I think most of us may be familiar with the HIPAA Act, like, hey, I don't have to release my medical records, so why would a doctor ask somebody to release their medical rights? Well, hey, people of Pennsylvania certainly have a right to understand or know whether or not he's up to the job, but you can see these type things during the uh, campaign, and I don't know what... I don't know what Dr. Oz may be thinking, you know, I don't know wh whether or not some disability, uh, you know, reports say that the man can think that he doesn't have any problem, you know, hey, Woodrow Wilson had a stroke and as you know, hey, his wife was running the White House for a while, but he recovered, uh, but he knew what was going on, so uh, Dr. Oz, Trump, nope, look at John Fetterman. And in my state, man, I cannot believe Herschel Walker. I, I mean, I, I, Herschel Walker only qualifies, he has two qualifications why he won his nomination to be the Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate. One, he's Trump's friend. Two, he ran the football for the University of Georgia and they won a national championship. Besides that, he has no clue. He talks about, uh, okay, an ex-girlfriend said he had an abortion. She had an abortion. He paid for it. And, you know, if he did during the time it was paid for, it wasn't illegal then. And if you did, just say, I paid for it. You could still say, hey, I'm pro-life and I'm against abortion. He could have even have said, yes, I paid for it. You know, I had a problem with it. It sort of changed my way of thinking. So now I consider myself to be pro-life. <laughs> you know, people might have gone and, and even bought that because a lot of people have changed their opinions on abortion. So he, he could have gone with that. But... You lie. I mean, you lie. Why would a woman just say that she had an abortion and you paid for it? I mean, there are lots of women that might have had abortion, but they don't talk about it. And they just don't go out just to put themselves in that situation. Then you have your ex-wife who said you put a gun to her head. So... Is she lying? And then your son, your son says you're a liar. But then you say, well, the Senator Walmart, he'll say anything to keep the seat. Well, man, it's not it, it, what he's saying. It's what an ex-girlfriend is saying. It's what an ex-wife is saying. It's what your son is saying. You don't have a clue. Nor are you a member of law enforcement. And people will vote for you just because they don't want a Democrat. That does not make any sense to me. Herschel Walker is certainly unqualified to be a candidate for the United States Senate. He doesn't know anything. When a man says our air is bad, because our good air went over to China and then our death bad air came over 
to us. I mean, you, you, I mean, he's an embarrassment to the University of Georgia. I mean, I don't know, Hershey, maybe if you couldn't run the football, you would not have been uh, in that school. And I can understand, you know, you liking Donald Trump, because I remember when you were at University of Georgia and uh, Donald Trump owned the USFL team that signed you and told you you probably can get out of it. And then when you wanted to change your mind, they're like, nope, you're out. And you couldn't finish playing for the University of Georgia. Donald Trump did that for you. And I guess he was your father figure and you love him uh, dearly. But, you know, that doesn't mean that you should be a member of the uh, Senate. I, I mean, there's people that grew up with you in your hometown, right, Bill, said they wouldn't even... They say being mayor would be too much for you. But that, those are people that know you. Uh, other people just probably like you because you got a Republican by your name. So we got all of this going on, and we're looking at candidates. And just to sort of paraphrase something Dr. Martin Luther King said, I would certainly like for us to have candidates for the United States Senate for governor that their qualification is based on the content of their character and not the label of their party. This election is Republican versus truth. The truth is our democracy is in danger and we have people who are running who have absolutely no clue. They win their nomination because of Donald Trump. Here's what I cannot understand from Republicans. Any and everybody, what, well, let me go back. Mick McConnell gets three people on the Supreme Court for Donald Trump. Mick McConnell gets these tax cut path for Donald Trump. Mitch McConnell stands in the United States Senate after January the 6th and say Trump's responsible. Now Trump is like, you're the worst leader in the world. But that's a habit. That's a habit. Anybody that says something about Trump, he turns his back on you. Why would you be loyal to him when he not, has not shown loyalty to anybody? Why don't the Republicans just have a national convention and somebody move that we disown Donald Trump and do it by unanimous consent? If all of y'all turn against him, hmm, he gonna talk about you. But I don't know because Donald Trump still have MAGA and those people will vote and do whatever Donald Trump says because, hmm, I don't know. I, I really, really don't know. I, I do not understand why they would follow Donald Trump. Now, I'm going to say something, but I'm not saying those people are devils. But I've also always had this biblical question about Satan. And I've always wondered that how did Satan convince one-third of the angels to turn against God. I mean, you in heaven and Satan somehow convinced a third of the angels 
to be with him and against God. Since I cannot explain that, I sort of put Trump in that same field. I'm not calling him, well, you know, I'm not calling him Satan, but, you know, but I'm just saying, um, hey, I'm just saying, what is it about this man that people cover for him? He has never done anything for anybody. He turns his back on you. He lies. He lies. And he lies. And he acts as though he's above the law. And Republicans are doing any and everything to support him. And that's where we are. Trying to make real sense of election 2022. Republicans versus truth. Republicans would prefer to be in power than accept the truth that our democracy is in danger. Thanks for listening. See you next time.